I remember my leg was not just tapping. I mean, my leg was like shaking like thumper. And and then they told me, you know, congratulations. We we want to see more of you. You know, going through all the emotion again, get me worked up. <laughs> Welcome to Hot Coffee, Cold Beer. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. On this podcast, we'll sit down and share hot coffee or cold beer with the people inside the sports industry on and off the field who make live sports possible. Today we sit down for coffee or beer with Daniela Baltazar, an account executive with the Los Angeles Dodgers. A diehard Dodger fan herself, Daniela is a former Division I college softball player at the University of California, Santa Barbara. We'll hear how Daniela's career almost didn't happen, about two trips to the World Series, and the grueling and insanely competitive year that is the Dodgers inside sales class. Daniela, thank you so much for coming on the show. It means a whole hell of a lot that you of all people would want to do this with me, so... So do you have a hot coffee or a cold beer with you ready to go? You know, I'm, I'm sipping on a nice cold beer right now. Thanks for asking, Brock. <laughs> How many cups of coffee do you think you have in a day? In a day? Um, as of right now, um, I'm averaging about one every two weeks. So not that much. So I, I've just never been a high on caffeine. Um, I think maybe a soda is more so my go-to than, than a coffee. Coffee really gets me really gets me going i mean you are insane yeah one coffee every two weeks <laughs> oh my god you're not even human <laughs> so i really wanted to talk to you because in a world where i'm interviewing sports business professionals and where i'm trying to be unbiased and you know we're talking to some amazing people that have accomplished these incredible things you are probably my favorite person in all of sports from working out of a marketing closet together to the infamous LA Dodgers cut day. You're also my dad's favorite of any of my <laughs> friends. So wear that as a badge of honor, however you will. <laughs> but that's specifically why I, th- I wanted to wrap with you and, and talk to you about all this. Yeah, um, I'm, so thank you for coming. I'm honored. I'm honored. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brock. <laughs> so again, I'm not supposed to be biased. And I'll, I'll, I'll be unbiased for the rest of them. But... You're my favorite person in sports from our time working together with the Dodgers. And, but it's funny because it's a career that almost didn't happen because you had a whole other career. You spent eight years with a company called Sports Authority, yeah. RIP, yeah. where you had some clout and you were all set. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting time. Um, so I actually started working for Sports Authority when I was still going to college. Um, so back when I went to UCSB, um, it was kind of my part-time summer job that turned into my full-time everyday job, um, just with the evolution of being with the company for you know a good amount of time. And I literally started as just like a stock person, a person opening up you know boxes in the warehouse. Um, and across eight years, um, I worked my way up to a store manager, and you know had my sights set on becoming a district manager and maybe even a, a regional, you know, a VP of some sort. Just you know, kind of cor- climbing the corporate ladder there. It all came, you know, screeching to a halt when Sportstar ended up closing down. So that was kind of a tough loss for me personally, just because when you invest so much time into one specific location, you know, you, you think you're going to be there for life. You think you're set, you think you have some security and then reality hits you. So yeah, eight years invested, a lot of lessons learned at least. So yeah, it was, it was definitely an interesting time. So if it weren't for chapter 11 and chapter seven bankruptcy (laughs) filings from sports authority, you may never have started this wild ride that led to two world series trips, a position with the number one ticket sales team in sports, these countless experiences. So sports authority closes, your whole world comes crumbling down. Then what? 
Yeah, so um, I, I don't know if anyone out there has actually been a part of a store closing down, but it's actually a very stressful process. What ends up happening is you stop working for a sports authority and you start working for a liquidator. So the liquidator, you know, their goals and objectives are drastically different than that of, you know, a wholesome company that's just there to, you know, take care of their clients and take care of their, their people. Um, because essentially the whole purpose of the liquidator is, is really meant to pay back as much as they can to the bankruptcy itself. Trying to keep people engaged, trying to keep people on board so that way we can make it through the finish line together, you know, at the end of July is, is sometimes very hard to do, especially when you're on a sinking ship. Um, so very stressful process. Um, and ultimately for me, I also wanted to make sure that, you know, the people that I had um, that I thought, you know, were some really quality people and it would be lucky to have, I, I wanted to make sure they're landing on their feet too. You know, putting myself last in that whole scenario and helping people, you know, go through the unemployment process, you know, and, and fill out their resumes and, and, you know, being a reference for people. And I had Target knocking on my door. I had Dick's Sporting Goods. I had Pier 1 Imports. I had a lot of people already asking me as like a seasoned retail professional to come join their team. And the fact of the matter was, one, I wasn't ready mentally. And two, I just wasn't sure if I wanted to continue in the retail space because as easy as it was for me and as natural as it was for me, I, I just thought it was easy. And I, I really didn't feel like I was ever challenged. That's why I, I didn't accept any offers right away um, because I really wanted to make sure that the next thing that I did was going to be something that I was passionate about, something that I loved, something that really spoke to me on a personal level and fulfilled me in a different way to help me grow. So the ship is yeah. sinking. You are the captain of the SS Titanic, helping your people get on lifeboats and get out. So the ship has completely sunk. And now here you are, an LA Dodger. <laughs> How did they fill us in on that timeline of we're jumping ahead of us, yeah. but what happened in between? To make so, so what ends up happening is um, I I spent about two weeks watching Netflix straight. I actually had gone to lunch with, with my best friend and my best friend would always listen to me talk about baseball. I mean, obviously I'm an athlete from the time that I'm walking on two legs. My friend had said to me, wow, you, you should work for the Dodgers. And I had said like, you know what? One day I hope I could. Uh, I was like, but I, I don't even know how one would even go about doing that, you know? So it just kind of like got me in the mindset of there's a will, there's a way. And it just made me look as Sports Authority was shutting down. I looked at the Dodgers website and, and the only job that was open at that time was to be like a bobblehead character. We don't over here at the Dodgers don't have mascots. So it was to be a bobblehead character. And essentially it was a life-size bobblehead walking around. And when I looked again, I saw that there were some, some different openings available. One of the jobs was a tour guide. And there was another job that was called inside sales representative. I very briefly looked over inside sales representative and I was like, wow, I, I could probably do this. Um, with some sales experience, obviously from the retail world, I could easily translate some of these skills over. And then when I read the, uh, the introduction for the, uh, the tour guide, oh, Brock, I lit up. I got so jacked 
reading the description of the job for a tour guide. They described it as being at the stadium every day, telling the story of, you know, one of the most historic franchises in the entire country, um, you know, even the entire world at this point, you know, being able to, to be a part of that and be at the stadium every day, I just thought was the absolute coolest thing. And honestly, I had no idea based on the description for inside sales, that it would be something remotely similar. And at the same time, um, Dick's Sporting Goods came knocking again. They said, hey, you know, we really liked you. You know, we want to give you another opportunity. You know, what do you say? Going for the interview with Dick's Sporting Goods, they asked me, where do you see, see yourself in the next five years? And I was like, well, you know what? If I'm not here, then I'm working for the Dodgers. And I just kind of put it out there in the universe. Cut, cut back to uh, me applying for for the Dodgers job. Um, and I was so excited that I did not double check uh, the link that I was pressing. So I hit apply uh, for what I thought was the tour guide position, submitted my cover letter. I submitted my, my resume and I filled out all the other extraneous questions and I hit submit and it said, congratulations, you've just applied to inside sales. And I was like, shoot, how do I take this back? Ah. So you applied for yes, the wrong job. I did. I did. I applied for the wrong job. So I was like, well, you know what? There's no taking it back. I guess I, I'm just going to copy paste. I'm just going to do this again. All right. Copy paste. Do it again. Congratulations. You've just applied for tour guide. And so I, I get a, a phone call from a 323 number and I answer it. And the, this person answers and says, hey, this is Brittany with the LA Dodgers. And I was like, oh, are you with the tour department? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, you applied for inside sales. Uh, I'm calling you about a, an interview that we want to schedule you for. And I was like, oh, I guess I technically applied for that. Yeah, okay, schedule me. I'll come down. And so uh, I ended up coming out. Um, I interviewed for inside sales. I thought it went really well. Some positive feelings about it, but I just wasn't sure what was going to happen. And obviously, I was still very anxiously waiting for the tour guide position. And... Um, Tour guides never called. They, they never did. This episode is sponsored by The Dark White Knight, an Instagram pop culture page sharing memes sure to take your day to the next level. If you're like me, you're on Instagram to escape from the grind of day-to-day -day life, and we all need a little humor to get through the day sometimes. So I personally follow The Dark White Knight to access the best humor in all of the internet. The best memes daily are on at The Dark White Knight on Instagram. That's at The Dark White Knight. Um, so I ended up getting offered a position to inside sales. And I also got the, the position offered for Dick Sporting Goods to be like their assistant manager. And I was truly at a crossroads, Brock. I had an opportunity to go into a job with, you know, a lot of security, you know, contributions to my 401k and really setting me up for success long, long term here with Dick Sporting Goods. I really had a big opportunity. And then the Dodgers turned around and offered me a job at minimum wage with no commission, with no bonus, and not even a full-time job. And so for me, mentally, you know, like I said, true crossroads, true fork in the road. Do you take the path of security or do you take the path of, you know, taking the chance on yourself, betting on yourself? Can you be that person? The, the benefit for me was, was tenfold. Just to say, one, I worked for the Dodgers. Two, I gave it my best shot. Three, I'm really pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Uh, and so I got offered the job for inside sales. I accepted the job for literally minimum wage. I don't think people realize when I say minimum wage, 
$10 and 50 cents an hour, um, which was the minimum wage back then, which is crazy because like, how do you make ends meet? You know, I had to move back in with my parents. I had to make self-sacrifices in order to make this happen. And ultimately at the end of the day, it it paid off, Um, you know, betting on myself paid off. It's so for those of you who don't know about the process or to fill anybody in who's not familiar with how the Dodgers used to do this inside sales program is it worked like this. They hired somewhere between 10 to 15 kids, some right out of college, some had to give things up. So I gave up, I gave up a very cushy job with the Utah Jazz. I took a pay cut. I took a title cut. I took a responsibility cut and I left a place in Utah where people just stayed. There are people at the Utah Jazz who worked there for 20 plus years. These are the kind of people you're going up against. So there's no health insurance. There's some overtime, no commission, minimum wage. It could cut you at any point in this year and where you may only keep one person after it's all said and done. So you're basically given a choice. I can bet on myself in the utmost absolute way and go into this group of 15 people who are also betting on themselves and have given up as much as I've given up, or I can just play it safe and I can take the path more traveled of security. I got to say, I'm really glad you (laughs) took the bet on yourself. I'm glad we both Agreed. We would never would have met without it. So I I would really like you to paint the picture of the Dodgers inside sales class. We talked about (laughs) some of the things on paper of what made it difficult, because I think there's a lot of lessons that come out of our story. People can really learn about navigating through their first jobs and the stress of you could get cut any day. So how to make it work in difficult situations and so, so much more. So paint the picture of what this was like for people. Yeah. So ultimately um, it's kind of like your first day of school when you, when you get to, you know, your first day at the job, you know, you're kind of thrown into a lobby with 10 more people, you know, alongside you. And everyone's, you know, excited and and getting to know each other. And you start understanding like, wow, this guy's really great. You know, so-and-so has done this and -and so-and-so has done that. And and -and so-and-so has been here and there. So it it can be intimidating. You know, everyone's there for for the same purpose, but not everyone is there for the right reasons. Um, And that's okay. Because the thing with inside sales is that you really want to understand what you're getting yourself into, you know, before getting promoted. because ultimately the job doesn't change from inside sales to account executive for whatever sub department you're going to work for. Um, the job is really the same. How you do an inside sales will determine one, if you're going to even like the sales business in general, or if you're cut out for it, you know, for example, we had a, a coworker of ours who would volunteer, you know, to do extra shifts. And I would also volunteer shift to work the phone lines. Yeah, I'm in. Count me in. In fact, I'm not doing anything better. So here we are going into to our mini office. Now, let me tell you, this little mini office is really a closet. Um, our marketing department used to use it as a green room for like the Sportsnet LA folks. And we didn't have enough room on the sales floor because this is before Dodger Stadium was even close to being renovated. And so we're, we're very close quarters. Um, but this guy would come in, volunteer and make himself look good. But then he would literally be sleeping on the job. And, you know, as much as it bothered us, we didn't necessarily want to be tattletales because at the end of the day, that work ethic was going to speak for itself. And eventually it did. Um, he ended up getting cut, you know, and, and the same thing for some of the other folks that, that were in, you know, going through this process with us. As much as they thought they wanted to be there, 
their true whys were really coming out, you know, and their whys, meaning what their goal was, what their purpose. And it just didn't align kind of learning and, and going through this process and learning how to be a good teammate and learning how to be professional, being accountable, not just to your teammates, but really to yourself. Um, Cause at the end of the day, if you're not accountable to yourself, how are you going to be accountable to your team? Ultimately it was a great learning process for a true sink or swim type of atmosphere. You know, cream rose to the top. I'd say there's a few of us that I thought were really destined to, to take the next steps and everyone else kind of fell to the wayside. And it wasn't really a surprise to see who did and didn't. But I will say, Brock, it was still a big heartbreaker to me that, that we didn't graduate inside sales together with the Dodgers. It was so yeah. bittersweet, right? Because we had a really yeah. special group of people. Every so often you hear about people's stories in sports. They start in inside sales and there's something similar. They hire six people and one of them end up working in sports. And you hear a lot of horror stories like that. Well, our group of what was 15-ish people had some amazing yeah. world-class humans. And so you looked around the room and you went, man, how are they going to keep all of us? Like there are some really talented people that in any other year, they would be yeah. the one. So how is this going to shake out for a year? You're sitting there going, am I really good enough? Am I really yeah. going to be able to make it past this person? Well, this person had sold $20,000 today worth of stuff. Am I going to be able to compete with that? It is. And it's nerve wracking. It's absolutely riveting. It's exciting, but it's also so anxiety riveting. And at the end of the day, you don't know if even one of you is going to get the job. We joke that it was the box. So Daniela forever knows me as Brock from the box because something about being shoved into a marketing closet with a small group of people really bonds you for life. It's just me on this Wednesday night game as we're approaching almost 11 p.m. And out comes Daniela Baltazar, like just clocking out, who'd been making rounds for the entire game. I ended up having to stay for the entire game. So I'm not home until almost 1 AM and the entire drive in, I'm like, this girl will not quit. Like this girl will constantly put in the extra innings, literally that she needs to, to get this. So how do I get up and go? The next day is my birthday. I get into Dodger stadium and I make 200 outbound phone calls the next day because I know Daniela was there until the ninth inning last night. There's this Magic Johnson, Larry Bird type of situation we have going on where we really <laughs> like each other. We love each other, but I got to beat you and I got to find a way to beat you. When we talk about like going the extra mile or, you know, the idea of being gritty, you know, what's going to get you to the end? What's going to get you to the finish line? Where's your drive coming from? It's really got to be all about that internal motivation. What always helps is when you're surrounded by good people like yourself, Brock, who just help you go that that extra inch, you know, it just helps you go that extra mile. And, and I think that's, what's really unique about like these inside sales class, you know, the way you described it was really perfectly. There's just so many good, talented people and you like them all. They're, they're going to essentially become your friends and colleagues down the line. It's definitely hunger gamish and it, it pushes you. It pushes you to the next level. You know, it, it's great perspective to keep, you know, when you've gone through the trenches, you got to remember like, how hungry were you then? What's going to what's gonna satisfy your appetite now? And find something that's really going to motivate you. And sometimes that's just the difference of surrounding yourself with really good people. I, I credit some of my success to you. Absolutely, Brock. 
and, and to, you know, a couple of our other colleagues as well that, you know, kept us on our toes. You know, it's just one of those things where it's, it's healthy competition, you know, and, you know, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, or, you know, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, you know, each one is not great without the other. So, uh, so that to, to surround yourself with, with a good support system like that, um, I think is absolutely necessary, you know, if you start building your network and, you know, continue to make a name for yourself in this type of industry. It, it truly means a lot to hear you say that because every single day that I walk into the Staples Center, I think about you. I think about our Dodgers class and I have this picture of you, me, and another survivor <laughs> of the class named Kevin Baker, who the three of us were shoved into that closet together. And there's a picture of the three of us. I look at it every day, even though there's nobody around me trying to take my job for now to keep the ambition and the hunger of, you know what, now, not only am I going to do it because I had to with them, I'm going to do it for them. Like I want Kevin Baker and Daniela Baltazar to look back mm -hmm. and go, that guy yeah. was in my group. That was Brock from the box. It's worth pu putting out there that it's changed a bit. Right. It's not quite the same thing that it used to be. So we may have been the last class that ever had to go through something like that. So in a lot of ways, it does feel like the Hunger Games, like you said. But I think it reminds me a lot of the yeah. TV show Hard Knocks on HBO. In, in that show, you're literally watching people get cut from the NFL. And it's the end. It's the last day before they put together the final team and they go, these are the only guys that are going to make it through and, and play with us. In a sense, Dodgers cut day felt like that. There are people dying for this opportunity and yeah. a lot of really good people getting cut. It's emotional and it's raw. And you're saying goodbye to people that you don't ever yeah. know if you're going to see them again. They didn't tell us cut day. There's no firm date in the future. It was just on our morning meeting. Hey, inside sales, stay back. Hey, look, we're, we're looking to make decisions by this, by this Friday or by next Monday or whatever the case may be. So the fact that we all knew this day was coming, it was still incredibly stressful. And I just remember that week, I just I started taking stuff home every single day. I will be crushed if I have to take all this at one time and I, I will be a mess. I will literally be a mess. I, I just started surreptitiously taking a bag full of stuff home every single day to the point where on cut day, my desk was pretty much empty with the exception of you know, my purse they brought in in the morning and like one more bobblehead on my desk. The crazy thing about the cut day is that it happened so quickly. So we, we all came in in the morning like we normally do. And the next thing you know, the desk phone, they start ringing. You know, one person gets the call, maybe about five minutes later, 10 minutes later, um, they're coming around the office giving hugs and goodbyes. And that's for me, the when the first person get, got cut, that's when the adrenaline just started pumping, pumping through my veins, because th this is it, you know, this is potentially the last day, one by one, each person gets called in, the, each person is walking out with uh, like a like a yellow envelope. And so you're just thinking like, oh, man, this is it. Oh, this person didn't get it. Oh, my God. Like, I thought this person was amazing. This person, oh, my God, this person didn't get it. Oh, my God, I thought they were incredible. And and so you're, you're, you're just on pins and needles, just watching this happen in front of you. I mean, I remember when I sat down in the chair, I normally will tap my foot to try to stay focused. I couldn't control my leg, Brock. I, I remember my leg was not just tapping. I mean, my leg was like shaking like thumper. And, and then they told me, you know, congratulations. We, we want to see more of you. 
it was so hard for me not to break down, <laughs> you know, in that moment, you know, going through all the emotion again, get me worked up. <laughs> it's, it's a very emotional time. I'm tearing <laughs> up a little bit too, to be honest with you, just kind of reliving the day. And, and then you start to play this game of who's it going to be and how many are they going to keep? You're just sitting at this desk waiting to see who comes out of that room. Yeah. So, Daniela, there was this consensus in our group that we didn't know how many people they were going to keep. We knew you would survive cut day. So, let's say they didn't. <laughs> what would you have done instead? Uh, gosh, I'd probably, I don't know, try to be a tour guide again, I guess. <laughs> Apply for the right job this time? <laughs> yeah. If you could go back in your path and change anything... Would you change anything and what would it be? I don't think I'd change anything. I mean, everything makes me who I am today. You know, happens, you know, for a reason and doors close and windows open and maybe garage doors open. I am, I am so satisfied with where I'm at today. Um, But honestly, couldn't have done it without doing everything that I did the first time around. So that's, I think that's kind of the crazy part. Do I, if I change careers Maybe today I'd be a teacher and softball coach if, if I never started working for Sports Authority. Uh, I think my, my life would look drastically different. There's no way that I would ever fulfill, you know, that lifetime dream of, of working for the Dodgers. I personally, I don't think I'd, I'd change a thing. So a personal favorite trainer and inspirer of mine is a guy named Paul Epstein. And he has this whole idea that people need to find their why. Like, why do you do what you do? What is your central motivator and your purpose? So I ask everybody the same question that comes on the show. But Daniela, what is your why? I would say my why is is really to serve. I really feel like it's not just servicing myself, um, but also my clients and, and truly caring about like their wants and needs and, and providing help in any way that I can. And that's something that's incredibly fulfilling for me as a person. You know, in the position that I am with group sales, it really gives me an opportunity to fulfill that, you know, on a personal side by still being able to serve and help and really listen and make a difference. Um, and albeit it's not pro bono, but it's still offering them an opportunity to leverage my resources and, and how, you know, I can contribute in the bigger picture. D- Daniela, to get your story out, it's kind of like the last dance. The Last Dance needs like 60 (laughs) episodes to really tell everything. Your story and your value is the same thing. It would require a 60-hour podcast to get everything out that we need to get out for you. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to do something a little different now where we're going to ask you some quick hitter questions, some personal things, some of your sports opinions, and just give us your authentic, your first answer off the cuff. Who is your favorite female athlete of all time? Serena Williams. Who is on your Mount Rushmore of L.A. Dodgers? Ooh, that's a tough one. So many greats. Um, we definitely got to go Sandy Koufax. Definitely got to go Jackie Robinson. Um, our current day Clayton Kershaw. And just because he's a personal favorite, um, Eric Karros. If you were a major leaguer, what would your walk-up song be? Panama by Van Halen, for sure. On the Dodgers slow pitch staff softball team. Do you smack or do you rake? <laughs> oh, man. Well, just because the team's called the Dusty Rakers, named after our namesake, Dusty Baker, I'm going to have to say I rake. <laughs> if we had all 30 MLB teams put a 
like staff softball team together. And there was a summer tournament where every, all 30 teams play each other. Where would the Dodgers finish? Oh, we, we would win the whole thing, hands down. Um, I'm a master recruiter. Um, I know the talent that, that my organization brings to the table here. And I would make an all-star, from our, uh, all-star team from our company tournament. And uh, I would put together the best of the best. And, and I'm pretty sure we would beat anybody who would come to challenge us from the, from the whole MLB. Wow. I hope nobody from the San Francisco Giants or Arizona Diamondbacks is listening to this because <laughs> yeah. sounds like the Dusty Rakers are heading, heading for the World Series. <laughs> we play for rings, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite current Dodger? Ooh, I'm, I'm not going to go with Clayton Kershaw just because I think he's kind of like the obvious answer, future Hall of Famer right there. So I'm, I'm going to go with Justin Turner, like the epitome of a player that's just absolutely gritty and determined to, to do anything it takes to accomplish his goals. I mean, talking about a guy who's got cut, you know, from the Mets, came to the Dodgers on like a minor league deal, I think, or spring training invitation. Thanks for rubbing salt in the wound that my New York Mets cut Justin Turner for some <laughs> godforsaken reason. <laughs> Who is your favorite current non-Dodger in all of baseball? Oh, Mike Trout, hands down. Cats or dogs? This is a tough one for me. Um, I'm just so torn. I'm, I'm going to have to go dogs on this one. NFL football or college football? We'll go NFL football. Chargers or Rams? Ah, another tough one. I always root for LA no matter what, but sometimes you got to pick a side. So I'm going to stick with the Rams just because when they came back to LA, they came back to LA first and I was rooting for the Rams before I was rooting for the Chargers. So we'll go Rams. That's a true Angelino answer of you right there. <laughs> Lakers or Clippers? Ooh, we got to go Showtime, Lakers. That one was just for me since I work for both. You know, I, <laughs> I, I wanted to see where your alliance was. <laughs> If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Flying. And the last one, what is one thing about Brock Hendricks that you think not many people know? I mean, I would say funny, but I'm pretty sure everyone knows that you're a pretty funny guy. I'm going to go ahead and say that Brock Hendricks is probably one of the most creative people um, that I know personally. Brock, I mean, I think you have just the ability to think outside the box and to think of angles uh, that, you know, are just unique. Uh, I, I don't think anyone thinks like you. And so I, I really think that's a, just a unique attribute to you. And I mean, honestly, uh, an attribute to, to your success and your experience and your history. Honestly, like the way you think is just so different than everybody else. So I appreciate you being in my corner and being available to kind of spit ideas off of every once in a while. Daniela, you are such a kind, gifted special human and the Dodgers are so lucky to have you. Thank you for never judging me for being a Yankees and a Mets fan. I am so <laughs> glad you applied for the wrong job all those years ago and that path led to some pretty unforgettable memories. So thanks for taking us through an emotional day and Dodgers cut day and your story and your path and I'll, I'll be unbiased on all the rest of these podcasts but I think I needed the world to know just how special you are. So thanks for being a friend and thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me Brock. I really appreciate it. Today's episode of Hot Coffee, Cold Beer is independently produced by Brock L. Hendricks. The content you heard today does not reflect the opinion or views of AEG, Staples Center, the Los Angeles Lakers, Clippers, Kings, or Sparks, or any of its affiliates, subsidiaries, and partners.